It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 22nd, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And the Orlando Magic are back in action tonight. They'll take on the New York Knicks over at the Amway Center in a big game, depending on which direction the standings you want to go in. But every game is a big game to me, so this will be a very interesting game against a, a Knicks team that is struggling mightily at the moment, really, since Kristaps uh, uh, Porzingis went out with uh, his torn ACL. So a very different team. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that game preview, what to expect um, get an update on some of the injuries that that are occurring and and and, and what direction the magic are, uh, what what who's going to be available for the magic, uh, and then I'm going to spend the rest of this time talking about DJ Augustin, who's turned in a very impressive season. Just kind of tell a little bit more about the story of how his season's gone and and one of the surprising combinations for the magic this year, but definitely a lot to get to first before we get there. As I've said, with every game that the Magic have played, really for the last, God, who knows how long I've, I've said this, it, it, it's it's less about the opponent and more about the Magic. It's about the Magic accomplishing what they need to accomplish, playing at, with, as with what Vogel says, a good competitive spirit, uh, and generally just taking steps forward. And, and I think, you know, the Magic are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. They played really well, maybe really in their last 15 games. Um, the record doesn't reflect maybe how well they're playing or, or maybe the record is a reflection of just how good they are or the limits of this team. But undoubtedly, the Magic are, are playing competitive again. They're they're sharing the ball really well. They're moving the ball really well. Generally, their defense is at least passable and, and they're giving themselves a chance to win games. And I think that's really all you can ask for for a team that's in the Magic's position. And learning how to win games is the next step, and that's obviously been a, a huge hiccup for the team. Uh, at the last time we saw the Magic play was against the Charlotte Hornets last week before the All-Star break. Uh, and that was a game where the Magic were in the hunt. They were do they, they had their chances to win the game, and the Hornets just made plays down the stretch. And, and you know, as I've said, that's okay. It's okay to lose games that way. I'm perfectly fine losing games that way. I lost a game in 2K today exactly like that. I didn't hit shots. They did. I can live with that. That's okay. I'm not throwing my controller on the ground for for a game like that. That's kind of how I felt about that game, and that's kind of how I've been feeling about a lot of the Magic's losses of late. Uh, the Chicago loss accepted in that. Um, that was not a good loss in any stretch of the imagination. Got to at least take that final shot. But the good news for Orlando is they are getting healthier and getting back to full strength. Coach Frank Vogel said at practice today that Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic will both be back in the Magic lineup for Thursday's game against New York Knicks. They'll both be on a minutes restriction. He said he's not going to go crazy with their minutes. Of course, the game is close. He needs them to win. They're playing 30 minutes. 
I wouldn't expect them to cross that 30-minute threshold, though, um, if the team can help it. Jonathan Isaac also getting closer to return, as I reported yesterday coming out of practice. The Magic intend to have, or at least Vogel said yesterday on Tuesday, that the Magic wanted to have him uh, play in the G League. He was going to practice with the team Wednesday, uh, and then he would be in the G League uh, for the weekend games. That plan was con- was confirmed and firmed up. Orlando will send Jonathan Isaac to the G League on Thursday. He'll practice with the Lakeland Magic on Thursday, and then he will play in Friday's game for the Lakeland Magic. That'll be his first big rehab start. That's He'll be on a minutes restriction there too, and it's not decided if he will play in Saturday's home game at the RP Funding Center either. But Jonathan Isaac is going to be on a basketball court, and I would suspect he's going to play probably next weekend uh, or next week. The Magic, um, the Magic schedule is going to get very funky very, very quickly here. Orlando will play. Uh, they have a two-game road trip coming up this weekend. They'll play at Philadelphia on Saturday, and then at Oklahoma City on Monday. Then they come home Wednesday to take on the Toronto Raptors, and then a rare back-to-back home games. Friday against Detroit, Saturday against Memphis, and then the Magic head out west for the next two weeks. After that, that's a five-game road trip. It'll end in San Antonio, actually. And then Orlando comes home for their longest homestand of the season, they'll have five straight home games to end the month of March, and then just three home games in April. So we're coming up on the end of the season here. It's going to come fairly quickly, or, you know, 25 games is going to go by fast uh, for this Magic team. But the good news is, but getting back to the, the, the task at hand, getting back to this game, the Magic are going to be whole very, very soon. They're going to get two very key players, as, as someone joked, as Vogel joked, getting 35 points per game back into the lineup. Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic are very good players. The Magic have played extremely well over the last few weeks without them. Yes, that is true. But Aaron Gordon, is, you know, when he's playing at his best, when he's playing within the offense, changes the game, especially on the defensive end. Nikola Vucevic is a player that everyone has to worry about, and generally it just creates more depth. And yes, the Magic's bench unit has done pretty well since the injuries. Clearly, though, the results do not match that. Um, the starting lineups really struggled, too. Uh, in that time. So getting players back kind of in their appropriate roles, I think is going to generally help the team. I think it's going to make them better. Aaron Gordon is a good player. He's a player the Magic are clearly invested in. They need to see him play. They need to continue to let his his game expand. You know, get him in the right frame of mind, figure out what he needs to work on over the summer to improve. Those are the things that the Magic definitely need to do. So about their opponent, the New York Knicks. It's it's kind of New York Knicks before the Kristaps Porzingis injury and New York Knicks after the Kristaps Porzingis injury. Kristaps Porzingis has only been out four games. But since that time, so since February 8th, we're going to put it in here. Since February 8th, the Knicks have essentially become one of the worst teams in the league. This was a team that was at least passable as a potential playoff team. The Knicks have the second-worst net rating in the league in those last four games, minus 16.2, with a 98.3 offensive rating. That is the second-worst in the league. And a 114.5 defensive rating. Those are not good numbers, folks, and the Knicks, of course, have lost four straight. This is a team that is sinking fast without their best player, and so, as expected, New York has really struggled. This is a team that, before the All-Star break, Tim Hardaway scored 30 points, uh, 
in the first half. They were up by 21, and they lost. Some of you might say they're tanking. That wouldn't be a complete surprise to me. But this is a Knicks team that uh, is spunky. They certainly do have some decent players. They, they, they can catch you off guard if you're not careful. Even without Kristaps Porzingis, the Magic should know that. They played the Knicks without Kristaps Porzingis in New York and had to scratch and claw for a win. This was back when the Magic were actually playing okay. It was, it was uh, toward the tail end of their 8-4 stretch. Uh, and... Yeah, it was a concerning law. It was a concerning win because when back then you do have concerning wins when you think you're a decent team. Uh, but Orlando was able to pull out the win in the end, and so was, uh, everything was okay. Obviously, that's not the case now. Every win should be valuable. Every win should be precious, and the Magic should expect to win this game. At the very least, I hope the Knicks enjoyed Black Panther because uh, when I walked out of the theater, I saw them in the lobby getting ready to go see a movie. Uh, on on Wednesday night, so hopefully they enjoyed uh, enjoyed the plaza the plaza theater downtown uh, for their for their visit to Orlando. Black Panther was a great movie, by the way. I I, I definitely suggest you go see it if you're into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, uh, just a really really fast really just fascinating movie. I'm sure I did not understand the full impact of it, and if I have to explain that you know, that that the sub the subtext I'm going to dig myself a hole here that the subtext there should should be enough there but very very good movie very glad it was made honestly the most the the the, the thing that showed me the impact of that film uh, and why it was so important um the, the there's a family sitting in front of me I went to Wednesday mat- afternoon matinee um if there's a family sitting in front of me and the kids, while the credits were rolling, were doing Black Panther poses, and it was just like, yes, this is what this movie was meant to do, and I'm so happy it got made, and it was very, very good. Um, one of the best Marvel movies. I'm going to be that guy that says it was not the best Marvel movie. I would still say Winter Soldier, and I would probably still put Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was on par with Iron Man, the first the first movie, but this is not a Marvel podcast. I'll talk to Nikola Vucevic about that later on. I still, I still have to talk to him about Last Jedi. We haven't. He, he got hurt right after I saw Last Jedi. I have not talked to him about Last Jedi yet. So we gotta. Well, we'll have a nerd out podcast uh, hopefully a little bit later on in the season. But Nikola Vucevic is back, and we need to move on before we get too far afield. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, at the at the beginning of the season... Uh, you know, there was there were a lot of questions about the Magic at the point guard position, and, and honestly, there still are. We're still going to be talking a lot about point guards uh, as the season begins to wind down, as we begin to think about the beginning of next season. Because as good as DJ Augustin and Shelvin Mack have played, I think most of us recognize that, that they are not the solutions long term. I mean, I think Frank Vogel has even gone to a sort of by committee approach to his point guards uh, at the at the end of games. Um, he's not sticking to a set point guard rotation and then just kind of going with whoever's playing the best. Uh, but, you know, when the Magic signed DJ Augustin to his four-year, I think it was $25, 26000000 million deal, everyone was a little skeptical. 
Um, certainly, I thought the price was okay. The years, I thought, was just what the Magic had to do to get a, a quality backup point guard. Um, but overall, that first year with Augustin was a bit of a disappointment. You go through the stats on that. 7.9 points per game. It's not great. 2.7 assists per game. Not great. 46.9% effective field goal percentage. Definitely not great, including just 37.7% from beyond the from, from the field overall and 34.7% from beyond the arc. Essentially, the things the Magic were relying on DJ Augustin to do, which was spread the floor as a three-point shooter and kind of man the bench, did not work out. In fact, the Magic had the worst bench in the league last year, after the All-Star break especially. He did not provide the depth Orlando needed, and it was a disappointment um, because not only was the Bismack Bion- not only was the Bismack Biombo signing now hanging as an albatross around the team's neck as as a sa- as a salary, and it still is. DJ Augustin now, the other big free agent that the Magic brought in, was also hanging around the team's neck, so to speak. So entering this season way back in October, it seemed like Augustin knew he needed to be better. He needed to make himself better. He admitted fully to the media on Media Day, and as the season got set to begin, that he was not happy with how he played that first year. In Orlando. He was not happy with his 2017 season. Most players were not happy with their 2017 season. Even if they had better individual stats. It was a disappointing, frustrating season for everybody. But Augustin especially, because... Augustin in his career has never really had much stability. In fact, this season, this season will be the first time Augustin has played a full season for the same team in consecutive years since 2011 and 2012. His first four years with the Charlotte Bobcats. Augustin has bounced around the league a ton. He's never been able to kind of get his roots set. And one of the things he said was that 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 four-year contract he signed, he hoped that meant he could put some roots down and, and, and be somewhere permanently. It didn't look that way at the end of last season. But this season has been something very different. Augustin is averaging 8.9 points per game, just a single point improvement. But everything else, how you make those 8.9 points, has been revelatory. 3.2 assists per game. Solid number, about a little bit below his career average. A 53% effective field goal percentage. If that continues... It will be a career high for a full season. 39.8% from beyond the arc. 42.6% from the field overall. Again, this is a guy coming off the bench, ideally. This is not a guy that the Magic should be starting for the long term. But Augustin has delivered in a big way. 
And now that the Magic have traded Alfred Payton, they're going to ask him to deliver even more. His splits as a starter and coming off the bench are not dissimilar. As a starter this year, he's averaging 9.2 points per game and 5.1 assists per game, so he's moving the ball a lot better. He's shooting worse, though, as a starter, 33.3% from beyond the arc and a 37.3% overall field goal percentage. His usage rate is obviously down playing with the starters. But now that Peyton's gone, the Magic are going to need Augustin not only to score, but to score efficiently again. To be kind of a guy that gets everyone in the right spot. It's a big reason why getting Nikola Vucevic back especially is such a big deal. Because Vucevic is one of the best passers on the team. And I know that may not say very much coming from a center, but it definitely helps. And on top of all that, it really feels like Augustin plays his best when he's able to play a little bit off the ball, when he has a secondary ball handler. It's why early in the season it seemed like the pairing with him and Jonathan Simmons worked out so well. Because they played off each other well, because Augustin could spread the floor and Simmons could attack. Finding that right mix for Augustin has been a little bit of a tricky thing. He hasn't quite been consistent all year. Going through a little bit of a downstretch right now. But undoubtedly now that Peyton's gone, Augustin is a central focus for the Magic overall. He's not the greatest defender in the world. He's not the greatest penetrator in the world. But he'll man the offense and get everyone in the right spots. And he'll make open threes when he gets them. And that's really all you can ask for from Augustin. He's shouldering a much bigger load now. The Magic are going to ask him to do those things a little bit more. But he can also deliver there too. No one's going to sit here and say that Augustin is the Magic, should be the Magic starting point guard next year. I think the Magic do need to find a better long-term solution at point guard. Would it surprise me if he ends up being the starting point guard opening night next year? No, it wouldn't, and that's just more reality of the Magic's financial situation. Augustin has definitely provided, has definitely made up for what was a difficult first year in Orlando. He has definitely provided a big boost to the team. And so as the season winds down, he's going to get the opportunity to do a lot more than just be a boost. He's going to be a main playmaker, a main player. And you'll still have to provide a lot more. But overall, it's hard to say that the season for Augustin has been anything short of a success. It has been a successful year for DJ Augustin. And one the Magic will need to continue. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And like I said, it's kind of odd. DJ Augustin plays really, really well in lineups where he's not the main, kind of the main ball handler. Like, you'll bring the ball up and, and initiate the offense, but he's not really great as a penetrator. He's really better as a guy who, uh, he's really better as a guy who is, um, kind of playing off the ball, playing off of other players. And that's really kind of unique, and that's created a really interesting kind of anomaly almost, a really interesting uh, uh, grouping. And that's the pairing of Shelvin Mack and DJ Oxen, who are now the Magic's only two point guards on the roster. When you look at that group, it doesn't seem like that would be a group that works. You know, two kind of undersized players, even for the point guard position. Mack's probably appropriately sized for a point guard, but Mack's certainly not a shooting guard. Augustin's a better shooter. Mack, low 30s, 33-point shooter. But two just solid guys that don't seem to, that you wouldn't think they'd make a huge impact. But when you break down the numbers over the last 15 games, that pairing has been one of the Magic's best. In the last 15 games, they've only played 13 together. DJ Augustin and Shelvin, lineups with DJ Augustin and Shelvin Mack playing together have a plus 8.7 net rating. 111.1 points per 100 possessions and 102.4 points allowed per 100 possessions. A lot of this is Mack. You look at Mack's lineups over the last 15 games and he has been in some lineups that really work and he has played some very good basketball of late. He has earned plenty of playing time. But the fact that this group works so well together has been somewhat astonishing and unexpected. So much so that Frank Vogel said said after the, the Alfred Payton train that, yes, I'm going to have to find a way to play these two guys together still. And you still see lineups with those two players in. Why do they play so well off each other right now? What is going on? Some of it is Shelvin Mack has adjust, adjusted somewhat to a new role as a shooting guard, as playing off the ball a little bit more. Shelvin Mack's also playing, like I said, some extraordinarily good basketball. So it's just been working. How long Vogel will still stick with this lineup? It's a good question because it obviously doesn't feel like a lineup that's going to be one the Magic will use very often. Not with Wessa Wundu needing minutes. Not with, uh, you know, not with Jamel Artis potentially needing minutes when he gets called up. Not with Rashad Vaughn now on the roster needing minutes. These are guys that the Magic need to play. These are guys that the Magic need to see out on the court and need to try out a little bit. And yeah, that means Mack gets pushed to the side because there is a financial reality there too. Shelvin Mack has one more year left on his deal, but it is only partially guaranteed. And if the Magic need to create a little bit of wiggle room, they got to make that decision on Shelvin Mack. I believe that decision doesn't have to come till the end of August though. But for now, this group is working. And in and, and, and a, and a season where so little has worked for so long, the Magic are going to go for it. They're going to try it out. But like so much around this roster after the All-Star break, 
there's a little bit of a numbers crunch. You can't do everything you want to do. Mario Zonia has been playing great, but he's going to be pushed out of the starting lineup now. Eventually, Terrence Ross will come back. Eventually, Jonathan Isaac will come back sooner rather than later. And all that is going to make it harder to put these two together because some of these other players are important to play too. But a pleasant surprise indeed that Shelvin Mack and DJ Augustin played so well together. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to do so there. Be sure to also check out the Locked on NBA podcast. They've been doing a special guest every single day this week, not just David Locke talking. Um, some great guest hosts, including Josh Lloyd of Locked on Fantasy Basketball, uh, John Corrales of Locked On Celtics, uh, the the guys from Locked On Lakers, some great, great NBA minds, great guys who know their local teams really, really well. They're covering the big stories around the NBA at the All-Star break. Um, So definitely be sure to check those podcasts out. You can search for any team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look at Rashad Vaughn coming to the team and what he'll need to accomplish to stick it with the team and make a second 10-day contract, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with a complete recap of the Magic's game against the New York Knicks, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 